This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Here we are, and there you are. Welcome to episode 49 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am, of course, <laughs> your, your, venerable, no! your venerable host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting hatefully and judgmentally across from me is Brittany Page. I just got done asking you not to use that word because you use it a lot when talking about yourself on the show. Apparently, I say venerable host half the time is a quote unquote Brittany Page half the time. We can probably ask Sean to go back and do some fact checking for us on that. Yeah, it would be great if Sean from Missouri, the the person who hates the F word or hates my using the F word so much, if he would go back and find out exactly how many times I use the word venerable. <laughs> yeah. He seems good at that kind of thing. So. so, apparently I'm not venerable at all. Well. I'm a dirty, stinking turd. Festering, stinky turd. You tell us enough that we're starting to believe it. All right. Yeah. Venerable or stinky turd? Well, both. All right. You can be both at the same time. That's awesome. So welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you and love each and every one of you. Um, I don't know. A lot going on this week. It's been good. A yeah. good week. Yeah, for sure. A festive week. You start school this week. Grad I do. school. I do on Tuesday. Big time. Yep. You're now big time. We'll see. We'll see. You you seem less stressed than I think you would be, or I had thought you would be. Yeah, probably because my stress is just making me tired. You, well, you tend to stress out about shit that I don't stress out about. Like, for instance, when you see my cell phone, my iPhone, when you see it open and I have, you know, the little, for those who have iPhones or have seen an iPhone, you know that. When there's a notification on whatever app that it is, there will be a little red number up in the corner alerting you to, hey, you've got something going on. Go check that. Well, on my iPhone, I've right now got many, many alerts. There's 24 emails. Oh, my God. My app store has like seven things that need to be updated. Wow. My Angry Birds folder. Don't All judge. right, that's enough. Yeah, fuck everybody. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Has, there's several. There's several alerts. Even my Shazam, my goddamn Shazam app, has alerts for me to go check. Yeah, I cannot deal with that. I need to clear those things off of my phone as soon as they appear because I don't like seeing them. <laughs> it's weird to me. That's weird. Well, you're weird to me. How no, about that? No. Yeah. You, you know what's weird about it is not so much that that bothers you, but you're a person who shaves one leg at a time. And I don't mean in the shower you shave one leg and then you shave the next. I mean, 
you'll get out of the shower <laughs> having shaved one fucking leg. Yeah. Well, it's just too time consuming to shave both yeah, of them at the so same time. Why does your neurosis not filter over into the hairy leg territory? Well, cause I don't care about that. Right. Yeah. Is it because it's covered by, no, and you wear shorts a lot. We live in Southern California in Orange County. We live a mile from the goddamn ocean. Okay, well, one, I'm not super hairy. Two, my, the hair on my legs is blonde, so I can kind of get away with it. Mm. People don't see it. It's not like I have black hair on my legs. And three, I don't care what you have to say because it takes a long time to shave both legs. No, it, it doesn't. It's not that it's, I there's have something. There's a lot of surface area. You know I don't have anything to say about it. I don't care that you only shave one leg at a time. I'm saying that there's... It's incongruent that you would freak out when you see all of the notifications on my iPhone, but then you're okay being half of your body being the elephant man (laughs) and half of your body being beautiful Brittany Page. If I was neurotic about everything, then I would just die. I would be having heart problems right now. Well, you're a mild germaphobe. Very mild. Very mild. Well, I mean, you're not neurotic about it, but it's I don't, always on your mind. Well, let's let's talk about that because when I say very mild, I'm not someone who cleans off the cart in the grocery store with the little sanitizing rag. I have seen you do that. So. Okay, I have done it, but that doesn't mean that I do do it. So, uh, under in using your logic, I was going to go into how you think that me, being a person who smokes marijuana, maybe... Once every three years, you would consider someone who smokes marijuana every three years a pot smoker. Yes. Right. So under that logic, which you use, you are <laughs> that person. If you've done it and you do it, oh, damn wipe it. off the cart. You are. You're a cart wiper. Yeah, I just got told. <laughs> Here it is, everybody. This is what happens when you're a good person. You admit you're wrong. <laughs> I cannot reason my way out of this one. Right. So I just think I find it odd that you are neurotic about certain things and then not about that. Well, and I don't think that's so odd because I can't care about everything passionately. So I don't really care about having hairy legs. It's not something that I care about. But when I look at my phone and there's a lot of notifications, that makes me anxious. And I like having a clear space. You're certainly not the only one. Friend of the show, Todd, is also a fucking weirdo like you who needs his notifications cleared. And then other friend of the show, Isaac, has like 1,400 emails that he hasn't read. Yeah, that's insane. I say friend of the show loosely because he probably won't listen to this to know that we even dropped his name. Yeah, he's mostly (laughs) just a friend (laughs) who doesn't care about the show. That is true. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Isaac. Yeah, well, we could call him all... It's like making a joke about the Amish, that they're not going to access the podcast because it's technology, so we can make all the jokes we want. It's the same thing about Isaac. Yeah. So effectively, he's Amish. Yeah. So anyway... I just think that's weird that you're a fucking weirdo like that. But, you know, hey, to each his own and to each her own. Yes. I don't care what you have to say. How about that? Well, join the club. It's a big one. Yes. So doing a little a little follow-up, a little housekeeping, we 
talked last week about things that we grew up learning or grew up thinking were true and then eventually growing out of them because we became smart or adults. Or someone just straight up told us, hey, idiot, that's not factual. That that sometimes happens too. So we had a little audience participation and I wanted to read a text and also play a clip of someone who called in. Um, Katie from Idaho called in and she she admitted... She says, I thought the D in Disney, in the Disney signature, in the beginning of movies, was a backwards G. And I thought it was a fancy way of writing out Disney. And she signs it, Idiot Katie from Idaho. (laughs) I can see that, though. I think I remember not being able to figure out what it said, probably. I don't know. I, I think as a kid, a lot of things were, like, for instance, growing up, I used to watch... Uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson with my parents. And they would laugh, and I would laugh. And all the time, I was like, oh, fuck, why Why is that funny? I don't, yeah. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> so a lot of times, I think as kids, you're that's not necessarily something that she was taught and was wrong. She's just using her child mind yeah. to decipher shit. Yeah. So, you know. And then we also had, and this is more akin to exactly what we were talking about, uh, a voicemail from Brett. All right. So this is Brett. Um, I've got your number on speed dial, so I am the super fan. And uh, to all those others out there who I know listen to your show every time you put one out and don't call, uh, shame on you. So here's my story. My... I don't know if it was my mom or my brothers, but I grew up always hearing a story that my mom, when she was young, uh, and her brothers and sisters used to catch bullfrogs. They would insert straws into the anus of the bullfrog, and they would blow them up like a balloon. The bullfrog would blow up, and then they would release it onto the pond, and the bullfrog would across the pond. And I thought it was true, like, like forever. Like, is it not true? I, I still don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. Gotta go. I I think that's funny. I think it's funny for one one point being that as a kid, when you grow up watching, you know, fucking Tom and Jerry or Itchy and Scratchy or whatever, that Jerry would connect some hose to a a fan or whatever and then blow Tom into this giant balloon that when you release it, you know, blows all over the room. Yeah. That's something that's not out of the realm of possibility for a kid to believe. For sure. It's obviously stupid and Brad is clearly mentally disabled. There's something (laughs) wrong with his brain that he would think that. Oh, (laughs) Good times. Yeah, a little listener love. It's good. I do appreciate the fact that we are on his speed dial. I, Well, it, it would be expected that every single one of our two listeners, yeah. outside of you and me, would would have us on speed dial. I thought that was including you and me. Oh. Well, we have at least three listeners then. That's great. Yeah. And for those of you who don't have us on speed dial... The phone number is 657-464-7609. Once again, for those of you who are scrambling desperately for your pens, 
It's 657-464-7609. And while you're putting that into your phone, the number, and while you're doing that right now, because I know that's what you're doing, let me tell you about dollamore.com and the Amazon link we have there. Because if you'd like to buy a book or a new iPhone to be alerted with all the alerts and be freaked out by, that is the place to do it. That is the best place to do it. And it will go a long way towards supporting your very favorite show, I Doubt It with Dollamore. Yes. With the lovely Brittany Page and the venerable... Oh, God. (laughs) Jesse Dollamore. How dare you? (laughs) We have a couple of follow-up segments to do. The monkey selfie... Apparently, the United States Copyright Office has fucking voiced the ultimate and final opinion on the matter. Yeah, so British photographer David Slater was in a bit of a situation with the Wikimedia Foundation over the rights to the self-portrait that the monkey took. Remember (laughs) that beautiful photo, the greatest photo in the world. That's right. And the monkey hijacked his camera during his expedition to Indonesia. And the photographer said that the rights were his. And the Wikimedia Foundation argued that the image belongs to public domain because only works by humans can be copyrighted. Well, the U.S. Copyright Office sides with Wikimedia. Yeah. It declares that you cannot claim the rights to a photo taken by a primate. (laughs) It's just funny. That it had to come to this. Yeah. Although, I I think I even intimated this on a previous episode, I tend to disagree. I think that the, he went through the effort and all the bullshit, you know, and they're following the letter of the law, which is, ultimately, I, had, I have no qualms with it. He clearly has qualms with it because it's probably the most famous fucking photograph he's ever taken. Yeah, this updated rule from the U.S. Copyright Office states, because copyright law is limited to original intellectual conceptions of the author, of the author, the office will refuse to register a claim if it determines that a human being did not create the work. And it gets into some specifics here. The office will not register works produced by nature, animals, or plants. Likewise, (laughs) the office cannot register a work purportedly created by divine or supernatural beings. Mm, Purported. Although... Purported to be done. Although the office may register a work where the application or deposit copies state that the work was inspired by a divine spirit. Examples. A photograph taken by a monkey. A mural painted by an elephant. A claim based on the appearance of actual animal skin. A claim based on driftwood that has been shaped and smoothed by the ocean. A claim based on cut marks, defects, and other qualities found in natural stone. <laughs> it, it's almost a snarky answer. I mean, until you got into that detail, the beginning part of it was pretty snarky. Yeah, so the whole point of it, though, is that the famous monkey selfie belongs to the public. Yeah, and, you know, the public is better for it. So those of you who were using that photograph for your Facebook photo, you're okay. Yeah. You're you're not in violation of any copyright law. You can rest easy. Rest easy. Everything's okay. (laughs) And then in kind of a follow-up, but more of a... 
well, I tell you what, we're just going to name the segment because it's becoming quite frequent that we talk about it. Dumbass Dawkins Part 3. Yeah, I just, uh, it's just getting worse and worse every time we talk about him. Your favorite quote-unquote new atheist is up to his old tricks of chicanery on Twitter, and he's gotten himself in hot water where he had to apologize via blog again. Yes. Richard Dawkins made a comment in response to another Twitter user who said she would be faced with, quote, a real ethical dilemma if she became pregnant and learned that the baby would be born with Down syndrome. Dawkins tweeted, quote, abort it and try again. It would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice. Goddamn. You, you know, this guy, whom I admire in many, many ways, I think he's a, he's clearly a smart man. He's an accomplished, lettered individual, but he loves to open up his suck and insert his stupid fucking foot. This is a ridiculous... Th First of all, he's throwing... He's bandying about terms like immoral. It would be immoral to, to have a baby knowing that it had... That was a, it was afflicted with Down syndrome. So basically what he's saying is everyone that currently exists that has Down syndrome, it's immoral for them to exist. Right. I mean, what are you talking about? Well, th the fact of the matter is many, many thousands, many millions of people who have Down syndrome live productive, full, wonderful, enriched lives. They're not, it's not like being born with well, fuck, even people born with spina bifida can live life. Who Who is Richard Dawkins to make the determination that a woman who finds out that her, her baby in utero has Down syndrome, she is immoral to, to go further with the pregnancy? That's It's fucking asinine and arrogant, and I think that sums him up. Yeah, in kind of doing some research on what he had said, I found this article about a mainstream Down syndrome student named Jessica Skelton. She's 16 years old, and it's about how she's celebrating her GCSE success, which is General Certificate of Secondary Education, which is something that's British. It's an academic qualification awarded in a specified subject, generally taken in a number of subjects by students aged 14 to 16 in secondary education in England hmm. and okay. other areas. Yeah. And she has achieved six of these passes. So she's passed six of the classes, obtained six certificates. And apparently when she was born, the doctor's painted a bleak and negative picture and they said that she would never be able to achieve what other children would. Sure. And and here she is. Yeah. And her father is quoted as saying, at the time, I remember saying if our daughter got even one GCSE certificate in the future, it would be the equivalent to having a child who went to Oxford and now she has six. Yeah. So she passed English literature, English language, combined sciences, art, dance, and, right. and well, she's this is, succeeding. This is clearly anecdotal. The, the problem with it is, for him, for Richard Dawkins, is that her story is not unique. There are many people, like I said, who live full, rich lives with jobs, careers, you know, and just because they have, they have a difficulty and their intelligence is retarded 
and I don't mean that uh, pejoratively, but it's like a fire. If you spray water on it, it gets retarded. It, just because that they have a, a, a learning disability doesn't mean they can't live a full life. So where, 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 where does he decide where's the cutoff? If it's just a matter of intelligence, where's the cutoff? Is 75 the IQ mark that, oh, nope. Because, you know, in a couple hundred years, we will technologically have the ability to find out genetically how intelligent a child will be. Does he, does he profess that we should anyone under a certain level be aborted? I mean, that's, that's ludicrous. Well, I get what you're saying. Where is the immoral comment coming from? Where's the cutoff yeah. related to, well, when does it become moral to bring a child into the world? And it's just weird that he's talking about Down syndrome when there's so many other things that he could be talking about, like sure. children that are brought into situations where their parents cannot afford to care for them, yet they're having children. Right. You know, those are actually legitimate things to or talk about. people who are addicted to drugs, actively addicted and using and abusing substances that are harmful for the child what about them yeah so dawkins later defended his view saying that he would not apologize and he tweeted apparently i'm a horrid monster for recommending what actually happens to the great majority of down syndrome fetuses they are aborted and i'm putting my, my voice right. on it but i just right. imagine him talking like that it would be uh they are aborted <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't do a British accent, though, unless I just say Harry Potter character names. I think everybody knows that. Okay, I'm just... Harry Potter! Hermione Granger! <laughs> that right there, if that is Britney's uh, British accent right there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's terrible. It, it's very high and squeaky. Yeah. And... Ronald Weasley! <laughs> okay, so the downs... <laughs> I don't know that I want to go on the show. I think I want to continue to hear you do Harry Potter characters. But we can't. We have to continue shitting on Richard Dawkins. Yeah. The Down Syndrome Association issued a response to his initial comment oh, saying, good, good. quote, people with Down Syndrome can and do live full and rewarding lives. They also make a valuable contribution in our society. At the Down Syndrome Association, we do not believe Down Syndrome in itself should be a reason for termination. However, we realize that families must make their own choice. The Down Syndrome Association strives to ensure that all prospective parents are given accurate and up-to-date information about the condition and what life might be like today for someone with Down Syndrome. The thing is, is that every day we progress, every week that we progress, every month that we go forward, we learn something more. We, we're able to deal with syndromes like Downs. And... For him to, for him being in a position of authority and purported respect, he shouldn't be fuck, fly, saying wild, stupid fucking things like this on Twitter to his millions or however many followers he has. Well, he did issue an apology. Oh. And he says, quote, my phraseology may have been tactlessly vulnerable to misunderstanding, but I can't help feeling that at least half the problem lies in a wanton eagerness to misunderstand. <laughs> That's not a fucking apology. That's him being a smug fucking prick. That's a little right there. That's a little fodder for Sean from Missouri, by the way. I heard that. <laughs> because episode 44 is what provided us the awesome mashup that he did. Oh, really? And that was when we talked about him last. 
Perfect. That's when you said he was a smug prick. Well, he is a smug prick. Yeah. He's definitely a smug prick. Richard Dawkins is, he has the unenviable position of being the spokesperson for jackassery in 2014. I mean, seriously, he is stepping on his dick over and over and over again. And it's probably a small, shriveled British dick. Well, and here's the thing. We don't have So it an, takes a lot of effort to step on it, is what I'm saying. We don't have an eagerness to misunderstand. There's no misunderstanding with his direct quote of abort it and try again. Right. That's the thing. We didn't even read the tweet at the beginning. His tweet, this is what he tweeted. Abort it and try again. It would be immoral to bring it into the world if you have the choice. We did read it earlier, but oh. we should say it multiple times so everybody doesn't misunderstand. Yeah. Well, he was pretty clear about his, all, what he meant. A man of his education, a man of his distinction, you have 140 characters on Twitter. How How much is there to fucking misunderstand? It's You wrote it succinctly within 140 character parameter fuck you no one misunderstood you and no one's misinterpreting you you're saying if a mother finds out that she's having a child afflicted with down syndrome it would be immoral for her not to abort that child yeah and he actually explained in a follow-up tweet, if this is an of explanation. Of course he did. There's a profound... He can't help himself. He can't fucking help himself. He says there's a profound moral difference between this fetus should be aborted now and this person should have been aborted years ago. And I understand that there is a difference there and that he didn't specify in his tweet, but to say that it is a m- immoral to bring someone into the world with Down syndrome... That says a lot about the people that already exist in the world with Down syndrome. And I can understand how those people would be offended and how this only goes to further stigmatize Down syndrome and those people that have it. I mean, it's... it's Look, we on this show very frequently talk about things. There's nothing that's offensive, that that doesn't really mean anything. But it's hurtful. It's certainly hurtful to those... I wouldn't say who are least among us because they're equal members of our society, but they're certainly more vulnerable than your average person. It's it's problematic for this scientist, this man of a supposed distinction, this famed atheist, to keep making a fucking jackass of himself, or maybe more aptly put, revealing himself to be a jackass. Moving on and speaking of dirty, filthy jackasses. <laughs> How do you like that, huh? That's fantastic. That's a perfect, that is a beautiful segue leading into a beautiful segment about a beautiful dick face. By beautiful, I mean he's really good at being a dirty prick. We're talking about none other than MMA fighter War Machine. Yeah, his real name is John Copenhaver. Copenhaver. And in 2008, he legally changed his name to War Machine. Oh, so he's officially a douchebag. He's an MMA fighter and ex-porn star. He's the former boyfriend of porn star Christy Mack. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, this has been all of our social media and everything else. So 
she she is a porn star who dated this douchebag, and a few months after they had broken up, recent this happened just this last month, I guess, within this month. The morning of August eighth is when this yeah, happened. So he broke into her house. I tell you what, you do your job, I'll do mine. Yeah, they they had been broken up, and then on the morning of August eighth, around two a.m. He came to her house in Las Vegas, Christy Mack, this porn star, war machine, broke into her house and found her in bed with another man. He, her current boyfriend. I hadn't heard that, yeah, but whatever. her current boyfriend. And proceeded to beat him up, mm-hmm. had him leave. He went and called the police, I think, maybe. That's right. And then he proceeded to beat Christy Mack. Beat, who, he beat the fuck out of her. She suffered 18 broken bones, a broken nose in two places, a ruptured liver, a fractured rib, multiple stab wounds, and numerous missing and broken teeth. Yeah, and her eye socket is all fucked up, too. I mean, it, she's... He... I mean, imagine an MMA... A ripped killing machine. He's a war machine. Yeah, he's a war machine. Be- <laughs> God damn, he's a douche. Uh, beating the shit... Out of a small, I mean, she's not a large woman. She's a, she's an adult film actress, uh, fucking porn star. So she's a little girl and he's beating, beating her within an inch of her life and tried to kill her by all accounts. Yeah. Apparently he was going through her phone and every time he found something that he didn't like, he would punch her or kick Uh, her in the face. Yeah, and then he got a knife, he sawed her hair off, and it broke, and he went to go get um, another knife. He said he was going to come back and finish the job, and she was able to escape, uh, run naked out of the house, knock on some doors, and right. was able to get saved, luckily. Not by Jesus, everybody. Or she... Get saved by a neighbor. Yeah, or she probably <laughs> would have been killed. Uh, right. Looking at the pictures of her in the hospital... Goddamn. She, I mean, her eyes are swollen shut. Her lips are, you know, four times the size of what they used she, to be. She looks worse than any MMA fighter after a fight I've ever seen. I mean, really, it's it's fucking terrible. It's sad and it's disgraceful. This guy is a, he's a cunt. Any man who beats on a woman is, and look, it's an unpopular word, they're a cunt. That is a word I reserve solely for men, I don't use that word for women. I don't know why I need to explain myself, but the guy's a cunt. So Film Drunk posted a picture of him. I hadn't heard anything about Christy Mack. I've never heard her name. I don't know who she is. And I hadn't heard anything about this war machine individual. But I saw a picture of him with a tank top on, or rather oh, a yeah. wife beater. I saw this too. God that damn. said, I do alpha male shit. Yeah, I do alpha male shit so in the shirt. So just for anybody listening, any male listening, if you own this shirt, please don't ever speak to me because I don't want to know anybody that owns this shirt or wears this shirt. You know how I can tell that someone does alpha male shit? Is I watch them do alpha male shit. I don't need someone to announce that they're doing or they do alpha male shit. Well, even what's considered alpha male s is, I mean, it's not beating women. It's not being a crazy I get what goofball. you're saying. You're saying that <laughs> I think what I'm hearing you say is it's no surprise that a douchebag who wears a shirt that says, I do alpha male shit would beat a woman. That's, oh, well, weird. No surprise there, right? Yeah, because it's just, it says a lot about who he is. And recently... I, I think I'm going to coin a new phrase. It's gratuitous douchebaggery. 
<laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, it just, it also, it's reeks of rampant insecurity yeah. as well. Anybody who, I mean, I don't want to, this is my own personal opinion. This well, isn't right, based on go. research. But I feel like people who are super obsessed with their bodies and into being tough guys and need to constantly be fighting and that kind of stuff. I think that all stems from insecurity and I think uh, it's weird. I would agree with that. Coming from someone who used to be a guy who fought a lot and has been in many altercations and used to be very quick to confrontation, I I would agree. I, and that's obviously both of our accounts are anecdotal, but it's something I used to do and I was an insecure guy. Yeah. Not so much anymore. So we have some proof, though, of War Machine's personal uh, outlook on oh, life yeah. because the Daily Beast got a hold of a blog that he wrote while he was in jail in 2010. He served a year in prison for felony assault after slugging his way through a bar fight. Weird that he's constantly fighting. Right. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about this at length, but I have to say thank you very much to the Daily Beast because uncovering this internet gold is a benefit to all of humanity because it is it is sad, it is hilarious, it's everything you want in a good drama. <laughs> this guy is seriously a gem. He needs to be put into a glass case at the Smithsonian as an example of what not to fucking be. Yeah, so while behind bars, he kept a blog detailing his year at San Diego's George Bailey Penitentiary, posting observations on numerous different topics that we will discuss now. <laughs> so great. On racism, quote, I think racism... Now, hang on. I want to set this up. This is War Machine, the, the genius of War Machine. I think racism, as it was, is pretty much over. There's only one part about it that remains, and that is no white, Mexican, Italian, no one wants their sister, mother, ex-girlfriend, current girlfriend, or any other pretty white girl to date a black guy. I share this opinion, and I'm definitely not racist. Clearly not. But I figured out why. The one thing stopping complete integration and ending racism is the myth that blacks have bigger dicks than other races. That's that, it. That is it. That that's the one thing that is stopping race that is stop that is stopping the the abolition of racism. So as I so I just had a terrifying thought that possibly someday someone might isolate what I just said <laughs> and take it out of context from the war machine. Something that you said, right? Yeah, so like every it, time I read one word, I should interject with war machine. Someone does... People have done that with Bill O'Reilly because he always... He do, he talks like that, like, well, if I'm a liberal, I say blah, 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 blah. So I'm sure you're safe. But to continue with the modern-day philosopher war machine is Brittany Page. Quote, the oppression of men is worse than oppression of Jews in Nazi Germany. <laughs> Jesse just almost wow. spit his wine out, everybody. Holy shit. That in and of itself is a thing of beauty and wonder. But 
I'm guessing it continues. Okay, it gets worse. Oh, my God. So the oppression of men is worse than the oppression of Jews in Nazi Germany. Worse than the slavery of blacks in early America. Ellipsis. I'm not exaggerating either. (laughs) I don't think he knows what exaggerate means. Every Jew and every black man, both in jail and those who have managed to avoid it. But have managed to avoid it. That goes back to the racism thing. Right. <laughs> will attest to what I have just wrote. Being a wait, man. Wait. What I have just wrote? Yeah. Not written. Well, he also doesn't know the difference between then and then. Oh, well, of course. Of course he doesn't. I'm doing the best I can here. I, but I want you to read it as written. Okay. We, want, we don't want to take away from the genius That is War Machine. Yeah. So he continues. Being a man is balls, not brawn. So don't think you were too weak or small to be the man I'm talking about. So many of you are men, but you got trapped by the oppressor. Every time you fight the urge to tell your wife no, or you tell your son, don't punch the bully, go ahead. You are letting the oppressor win. Think on it. P.S. Before people cry about me... He's postscripting a blog, like it's a letter. Yes. P.S. Since you're still here reading my blog, P.S. Yeah. Before people cry about me comparing the oppression of men to the Holocaust and slavery, let me illustrate a few things. Mm. The oppressor has learned from history that dead bodies attract too much attention to what's going on. Or yes, there would be millions of dead men. They love that quick fix. In order to be elusive and to have longevity, the oppressor has learned to kill men while their bodies remain alive. And with your spirit extinguished, you're nothing but a fucking zombie, a shell of a man waiting to die. And that is just as bad as death itself. The animals at the zoo are as good as dead just as we are, the men in America. This is very much like a junkie's rant. Like he's high on crank or methamphetamine and writing some fucking nonsense. He's he's out of his fucking mind. I, he's clearly out of his fucking mind, but goddamn, how fucking terrible is this bullshit? Drivel. Let's move on to the next gem from the highly intelligent, not socially awkward or stupid war machine. This is on the trouble with being an alpha male. (laughs) Quote, being an alpha male is a real phenomenon. People always seek out to challenge me, seek me to follow, and girls to F. Seriously, since I was in kindergarten, I've always been the leader, always got the girl, and always was provoked to fight. And since I always win, I always got in trouble. B.S. If I wasn't tough, (laughs) I'd be the world's biggest victim and would get nothing but compassion. Just because I win fights that others start, I'm a criminal? F the laws in this country. He's like a child. Well, it's also... Well, one, look, I don't follow MMA. I'm not a big MMA guy. But I've never fucking heard of War Machine. He's not like the top-notch fucking fighter there is. I've never heard of this guy. And and he's lost fights. He doesn't have an unblemished record. I, I looked him up, so. Because I wanted to learn more about his philosophy because he's such a smart guy. Yeah, so we'll finish up this enlightening blog for everybody. So wonderful. This is on prison bias against men. Quote, guys used to do dumb, rowdy S, and people just signed and said boys will be boys. Now it's boys will be horrible and evil men and should be locked away for life. 
After all, look at the prisons. They are full of men, not women. Are men evil and women not? Or do the laws target and attempt to restrict natural men's behavior? How many of the heroes in American history would avoid prison if they lived today? Davy Crockett, Thomas Jefferson, David Bowie, General Grant, and General Lee? Wait, 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 wait. David Bo- David Bowie? So, is he talking about rock star David Bowie? He's comparing rock star David Bowie to, to Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, General Grant, General Lee, and Davy Crockett. I, I think when he says Davy Crockett, maybe he means maybe he means Jim Bowie, like a Bowie knife, like the name of like from the Alamo. Because he I mean, he's clearly fucking dumb. There's something wrong with him. But it's not David Bowie. It's not David Bowie, the musician and the actor from the movie Labyrinth. Who should be compared to Thomas fucking Jefferson? He actually goes on to also mention George Washington. Of course. So he says, how many of those American heroes would avoid a felony or two living today? I bet none of them. Laws target men and men's behavior. Women want to bitch and cry about their rights and equality. LMAO. What, what? He typed out LMAO. Yeah, exclamation point. Wow. That's why I try to say it with excitement. Because he's laughing my ass off. Yes. Yeah. Men are the ones locked away like animals while women run free. Well, here's here's the thing. This is me talking now, <laughs> not War Machine. Unquote. <laughs> and he is getting arrested for assaulting people. Now, when you turn 18... You're an adult. That's right. And you can be tried as an adult. And you can't go around punching people. It's not the schoolyard anymore. You it's grow out of that. It's not boys will be boys. Yeah, you grow out of that. You say boys will be boys when boys are like, you know, 10, 11, 12, and they're, you know, rolling around in the dirt and being rowdy. But you're a man now, and you have a responsibility to be civil with other human beings well, when you're out in public. It's partly this, that when you're 10 years old, and you have a schoolyard tussle, someone will maybe get a fat lip or a black eye. When you're a man and you have a barroom tussle, someone can fucking die. Someone at the hands of his skilled fists, because he's a professional fighter, can die from one punch to the head. It's not boys will be boys. Anyway, I think we've exhausted too much time anyway on this stupid piece of shit, but... Uh, that is it. That is the genius of the philosophical wonder that is War Machine. Who, by the way, did get caught, caught by the, the U.S. Marshals and is now facing charges. Many, many charges. And he's going to be tried. And it is certainly something that we will follow up upon. Moving right along to something we've talked about a little bit. Uh, the Ebola outbreak in Africa. Dr. Kent Brantley was this week released from the uh, the Emory University Hospital, having been cured of Ebola. He gave a press conference and kind of wanted to tell the media that, you know, he needs some time to get back out into the world and continue his recovery. And when he's ready, he will give everybody a full report on what happened with him. That's right. And he, the speech was about five minutes long. I've cut it to, well, half that for sure. But I wanted, 
I, I left just the juicy parts that I really feel like the audience is going to appreciate. Today is a miraculous day. I'm thrilled to be alive, to be well, and to be reunited with my family. We moved to, to Liberia because God called us to serve the people of Liberia. On Wednesday, July 23rd, I woke up feeling under the weather. And then my life took an unexpected turn as I was diagnosed with Ebola virus disease. As I lay in my bed in Liberia for the following nine days, getting sicker and weaker each day, I prayed that God would help me be faithful even in my illness. And I prayed that in my life or in my death that he would be glorified. I did not know then, but have learned since, that there were thousands maybe even millions of people around the world praying for me throughout that week and even still today. And I've heard story after story of how this situation has impacted the lives of individuals around the globe, both among my friends and family and also among complete strangers. I cannot thank you enough for your prayers and your support. But what I can tell you is that I serve a faithful God who answers prayers. Through the care of the Samaritan's Purse and SIM missionary team in Liberia, the use of an experimental drug, and the expertise and resources of the healthcare team at Emory University Hospital, God saved my life. A direct answer to thousands and thousands of prayers. My dear friend Nancy Wrightbull, upon her release from the hospital, wanted me to share her gratitude for all of the prayers on her behalf. As she walked out of her isolation room, all she could say was, to God be the glory. Above all, I am forever thankful to God for sparing my life. And I'm glad for any attention my sickness has attracted to the plight of West Africa in the midst of this epidemic. Please continue to pray for Liberia and the people of West Africa and encourage those in positions of leadership and influence to do everything possible to bring this Ebola outbreak to an end. Thank you. So I want to start off because I know you're going to kind of rail against this guy a lot. But I what, just what, I just want to you, say. What do you mean? What do you mean? I, uh, I know. I he said everything that's great. It's perfect. Um, I just, it's so illogical to me when people say things like this. So thousands of prayers were answered for him. God intervened to save him because of the thousands of prayers for him. But what about everybody else that's being prayed for that the prayers are not being answered for? So he's more special than all of those Ebola patients that are dying and suffering right now in West Africa. Well, of course. He's and white, he, of course. And he feels comfortable saying that. Right. He just said that God spared his life. Brittany, what you don't understand is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, that God, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways, and just as high as the heavens are above the earth are God's thoughts and ways above ours. So why would you question God, who knows everything? He's got a plan, Brittany. You're just not taking into account God's plan. 
Right. <laughs> well, it's it's just arrogant to me to have this belief that God can intervene sometimes. That's right. And he can answer prayers sometimes, but then other times he just chooses yeah. not to. It's, and they try to say, well, there must be a reason for that. Well, what's the reason that all those people are suffering? It's like a fucking American Idol episode for Christians. It's, well, he got, he got his thousands, if not millions of votes. Sorry, poor African with Ebola. You didn't get the same amount of votes that that guy got, so you get to die. It's complete and utter fucking arrogance. It's a, it's, it's an American flavor of Christianity that is absurd. It's the same thing with that. It's Joel Austin Christianity. It's, oh, if, if you, you can, you can do anything if you just set your mind to it. It's the whole Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Except maybe stop this drought, stop this famine, stop this, this disease that is ravaging my country and my, 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 my fellow man. It's, it's an arrogant, terrible, this five-minute speech he gave, which I cut down to just a couple minutes, is a terrible display of hubris. Also, let's just say he didn't come home to America, and he didn't have the leading medical researchers from Emory helping and involved in his medical care. That's right. Would God have spared his life if he had remained in West Africa? Or would he have suffered a similar fate as the people that are in that country? Uh, he would have absolutely suffered suffered a similar fate. He to, to not give credit. I mean, he he mentions the serum that people labored for. I'm sure years over to develop to, that cured him. The, the 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 science that went into that. But no, no, no. To God be the glory. Not to the scientists who developed the life-saving medical miracle, if you will. No, not them. It's God. The invisible man in the sky gets all the credit, not the scientists who developed a fucking beautiful thing that saved his fucking life. It's, it's sad. It's, it's sad is what it is. It, it's, I mean, it, my initial response is anger, but it's super sad. And this guy has kids. He's feeding his kids this bullshit. It's terrible. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm trying to see a positive aspect to it, and I really, I just don't. Because if I was in West Africa, you know, and I was in this situation, I and I heard this speech, I would... It's what about us, right? Yeah, I would just feel enraged, I think. I mean, I can't know, of course, because I'm just speaking hypothetically, but... It's, listen, it's how dare you, and I think anybody who's listened to this show knows... We are not the check your privilege crowd. I'm for sure not a check your privilege kind of guy. But this guy possesses, this Dr. Kent Brantley, he possesses privilege. He is privileged enough to live in these United States of America, a scientifically advanced society. He's privileged enough to have the resources to travel here and there. He's privileged enough to be able to be transported back to his home country where he is administered 
this life-saving, scientifically created cure. It's privilege. And rather than give credit where credit is due, it's, yeah, well, sorry, Africans. You didn't win the American Idol vote. You die. Yeah, it's disturbing. So moving on with disturbing, we were going to talk. There's a there's a cop in Ferguson who made some stupid ass remarks. And Don Lemon, who I don't always think is so great. He's he's a poor man's Anderson Cooper. He's a CNN anchor just for people who don't know. (laughs) Right. He gave it and he he did an interview with, I guess, a rapper named Talib Kweli, I guess. I, I couldn't name a fucking song if I had a gun to my head. So I've never heard of the man. Apparently, there was a little bit of a dust up on the ground in Ferguson and this Talib Kweli. There was a sitch. I, I think that's pretty apt. I don't think the entire media has been has been bad. Um, no, I don't think I think what you're speaking about is intentions. And I don't think, you know, especially in an organization like CNN, I don't think the intention is to not be fair or balanced. But we live in a world that's that's run by by white supremacy. And that's the narrative of the narrative and language of the oppressors taking over on CNN.com right now. You have a story up that says uh, Ferguson calm until bottles fly. Well, that's inaccurate because I was there that night. You know what I'm saying? And that's not what happened. And, and the first the first thing in the story it says is police chase down men. Well, oh, let me finish. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. I was there right there with, and with the article. The, the situation he was talking about. I was right there. That's yes, what happened. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my. That's what. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. No, you're not because you're talking. Yes, I am. I'm going to let you finish your point. Let me finish my point before you talk. Okay, but let me. Let me finish my point before you talk. I want to address something you said. Then we don't have to have an interview if I can't talk. I, if I can't talk, we don't have to have an interview. Okay. For real, let me you can I finish let my you point, talk. though? Well, you're, 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 you're interrupting me that's and what telling me you're going to let me talk. where you were, and police say you're not seeing everything that happens that goes on. You can't see everything I'm that happens. I'm only telling you my now, perspective. Can I finish telling continue, you my perspective, I, I, and then yes, you can you respond? Because that's how you have no, a conversation. I understand right? that. But you, okay. In order to have a conversation, you have to listen to me as okay. well. Okay, well, let me just explain something. I would listen to you if you had the, the decency. Let me finish. If you had the decency to greet me. I do to greet decency. I invited you to come on Let me tell you what happened. You didn't invite me. Uh, uh, Nicole invited me. First okay. of all, you came up to you came up. You didn't even say nothing to me. You on your phone the whole time. You asked how to pronounce my name, and then you you have no respect no, for who I am. Sure so I let me finish saying what I have to say, or else I'm gonna leave. Okay. Either I can finish saying what I'm okay. at. You, you asked me. What you have to I say was at you from, from my Go perspective. Ahead. Go ahead. All right, from what I saw with my own eyes. That's what I'm saying to you. Okay, and I, and I was there on the ground. All right, that's not what happened. The, the CNN reports on your website says it chased men down. It, no, it chased men, women, and children down. Mm-hmm. The CNN report, the headline says calm until bottles fly uh they don't mention the bottles in the article in the article you read five pages there's no mention of the bottles flying mm-hmm. i saw the bottle fly you know when the bottle flew after the cops told me they're gonna blow my effing head off okay. after the cops i'm not done after the cops put on riot gear put up they they, they shields and took their batons out and lined up on the streets and then when they got in the position a bottle comes out of a peaceful protest that don't make no sense okay. so what i'm saying is the headline should say it's calm until the cops okay. agitated the people Can I talk? and that's what the headline should read. okay so we have addressed everything that you're saying. Please. Okay? That's what you saw from your position. That's why I'm you're, here. You're not seeing everything that's going of on. Of course not. So from your position, Only the article that you're looking at on mm-hmm. CNN is one of hundreds, if not thousands, that are written. That's true. And also, it's a small part of 24 hours of news coverage that we have here on Which CNN. Which is why I said and it wasn't intentional. Your... Ugh. Fucking laborious. Are you kidding me? First of all, this Talib Kweli is, he seems very aggravated that Don Lemon didn't, you're not respecting who I am. Who the fuck are you? 
You're you're a dude on the ground. Whether you're famous or not doesn't have any fucking bearing on the matter whatsoever. It's it's arrogance. And like I said, I'm no I mean, I think Don Lemon is a poor man's Anderson Cooper, maybe literally and figuratively, since Anderson Cooper is a Vanderbilt and worth fucking lots and lots of cash. But I'm not always a guy who's a cheerleader for Don Lemon. I think he's he injects a lot of opinion that I don't agree with, so maybe that's why I don't like him so much. But in this case, I think he's right. I th- I think this Talib Kweli guy is being a dumbass. Well, I think it's funny that he called Don Lemon out about the stuff where he was on his phone and, and wasn't talking to him and just was interested in how to pronounce his name. Like, Don Lemon's too busy for him, you know? Well, it's, what, he's, he, wanted, he, he wants Don Lemon to fanboy all over him or what? I mean, maybe, you know, greet him or have a conversation with him beforehand or something like that. Yeah, maybe on... he just wanted to talk to Don Lemon. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> They're on the ground in a volatile situation. They're organizing interviews. I'm sure Don Lemon is not talking to his boyfriend. He's uh, he's most certainly dealing with news and what's going on and talking to producers and back in Atlanta. If Anderson know. Cooper only wanted to know how to pronounce my name and didn't have a conversation with me, I would be very upset. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, Don Lemon was just trying to direct the interview. He was trying to, to ask a question. He was trying to direct it, give it some structure. And that's his right. job. I mean, right. we can't just have people on TV that are we see terrible interviews all the time where people are just going on and on and on and don't make a point. Well, you have to be able to interject and kind of guide what they're talking about. When you watch the video, it's hilarious because this Talib Kuali, I wish I knew how to pronounce his name, but fuck that guy. Um <laughs> he keeps turning his every time he's like well then we won't have to do the interview he turns his back to Don Lemon they're just standing there like in a grassy under a tree where there's shade and he keeps turning his back to Don Lemon like fuck well I, I'm not gonna do the interview then fuck then leave then get, get out of here no one gives a fuck about your opinion anyway you dick ugh so apparently, I guess I'm not a fan of Talib Kowali. You know what? It sounds like it. I'm probably not even pronouncing his name right. Yeah, which... He's, he's a musician, right? That's what you said. He's a rapper. Yeah. Well... Don't yeah. ask me for the facts. You're the one who brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we're going to wrap it up with with uh, a cop from the area. I don't know if he's a St. Louis police officer or uh, a, a county cop, but Dan Page... Brittany says no relation, but... Mm, There's no relation. The jury's out. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think this He could might... be related to War Machine, not me. <laughs> this guy's in hot water. There's a whole article or a, a video about him p- having pushed Don Lemon. I saw the video. It doesn't look like a push to me. It looks like he's doing crowd control. But besides that, he got into some trouble for some jackass shit that he said. And, you know... He got relieved of his duty. Another guy who got fired or let go. Yeah, so he was a St. Louis County cop, and he's a 35-year police veteran. And he was recorded during this one-hour lecture, and he said some pretty terrible things. Yeah. I mean, obviously terrible enough that he's he's been let go. Well, he was given he was given it. Well, I think he's suspended. I don't know if he's fired altogether. Um, he was given a speech to a group called Oath Keepers, which in and of itself sounds. Fuck. 
No, thanks. Yeah. So he <laughs> during the lecture, he says, quote, policemen are very cynical. I know I am. I hate everybody. I'm into diversity. I kill everybody. That's those are words you absolutely want to hear from your police. I kill everybody. Yeah, that's terrifying. What a dick. He says, quote, we have no business passing hate crime laws. None. Because we're setting aside a group of people special. We got a Supreme Court out of control with laws on sodomy. <laughs> now, if I could do a hick accent, I would. Oh, because yeah. that would, you know, fit with what he's saying here. He goes on to call Obama an illegal alien and shows a photo of himself in Kenya saying, quote, I went to our undocumented president's home. He was born in Kenya. Uh, now, anyone who agrees with Donald Trump on something should just be, you know, right. They should be on the fringe. They should be cast out of society. That's right. <laughs> uh, it, this guy is and he's in charge He's a, he's a police officer, which means he has a authority over the citizenry. He can stop you, question you, detain you. He is not intelligent enough to put two and two together and realize that the facts don't add up where it relates to Obama having not been born in America. The, the jury's in. We've seen his birth certificate. He was born here. If you're a conspiracy nutter, you don't belong in uniform have an authority over people. Fuck. Well, it is it is frightening to imagine what some of these people do believe and, and are, feel comfortable saying there was another officer that was relieved of his duties because he went on Facebook and talked about how the protesters should have been put down like the rabbit animals that they are. Uh, you can't be saying things like that when you're a police officer. Especially... When there is sensitive things like race in the mix. And you even shouldn't be thinking those things because that's going to be guiding your behavior. Absolutely so so if you does. feel that way, you need to go talk to somebody. You need to get that under control because you're in a stressful job and you can't be thinking that. Well, especially when you think that you're a killing machine. I kill everybody. Here, yeah, that's dare. terrifying. Fucking terrible. So that guy should be fired. He should be fired. He definitely should not be a cop. He yeah. should not have a weapon. He should not... He shouldn't have authority over other fellow human beings. No. Because that those are wild beliefs. Those aren't... This is a job where you need to be psychologically sound. And he's clearly not. Clearly not as evidenced by his own words. So, I guess that's it. That is where we're going to leave the show. Episode 49 has come and gone. And Brittany is looking super happy about that. I'm super excited. <laughs> so until next time, on episode 50 will be next time. Can you believe that? We're at the half century mark, everybody. Until next time, we appreciate you. Well, actually, we appreciate you in between, too, but... We love you for listening. We appreciate it. Stop by dollamore.com and go the way of the Amazon link. Buy a book or buy a shovel. It's all there for the taking. It goes a long way to supporting the, your favorite show. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been yet another episode of I Doubt It. Hermione Granger, Ronald Weasley.